In a world without limits, only a man with limits can win. I feel like an old man here. Hey, oh, we're live. Sitting with my little blankie. Well, today we're finishing off the proper 12, I tell ya. Proper 12. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Today? You oh, ready? I'm feeling a little light in the head, as I say. As you say, so shall well, I. You know, um, one of the good things about today was getting to hang out with you, buddy, and then uh, I feel good on, on the edit we got. Yeah, we did some really good work. Yeah, uh, I think we we really finessed some trouble areas and really pieced together a scene that we were worried about, which is basically how a character gets from place A to place like F. Yeah. And we figured out a good and easy solution, which was just an early audio cue to show like, oh, this person's going to wherever that location is. Yeah. And it's uh, that's exciting. So I think with that, hello, everyone, and welcome to Twin Shadows Podcast. This is episode 104, The Death of Sex, or How I Learned to Stop Fearing Nudity. So this episode, we're going to be talking about some stuff. And as always... You're joined by your hosts, Tom and Steve, and this is the podcast about films, filmmaking, and just our overall love of, and filmmakers. Uh, Yeah. We love those filmmakers. Right? Yeah. So, how you doing, buddy? Uh, Good. How are you, buddy? It's been a week. (laughs) There's been a lot of shit going on, but... Oh, yeah. I feel you on that. I have been reading a lot of books, or listening to a lot of books on my commute, uh, you know, I took it to heart when I was like saying uh, I really wanted to listen to more books this year. Awesome. And take advantage of my commute. So I wanted to just give a quick little review of these three books. They're intended for writing and or filmmaking. Okay. So I, I uh, listened to Stephen King's On Writing, which is Stephen King's book on how to how to be a writer. <laughs> and it's a memoir of his life. Really? Up until his uh, car accident. Okay. Yeah, and his life was pretty intense, wasn't it? Yeah, and he's got a pretty crazy story, and it's the audiobook is read by him. Yeah, which is perfect because no one does his voice better than him. Like, and you really <laughs> kind of get to feel like you're having a conversation with them. Sorry about oh, really tearing that towel there. Yeah, so I highly recommend it. I think one thing that I, I one big pointer I will say that I took from the book uh-huh. is he, how he talks about. It's a story first, right? Yeah. He talks about how you don't put the message first. You don't do anything but put the story first. So characters doing stuff, It's and uh, that's what, you know, Stephen King says. Then I listened to David Lynch, The Man from Another Place by Dennis Lim. And this is a biography on David Lynch. And his life up until uh, 2016 is when I believe the book is. Yeah. So right before the re- return of Twin Peaks. Oh, okay. And yeah, David Lynch, he's had a very interesting life and how, and each, the book kind of breaks down the author's feelings on each one of his films. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it gives like a brief synopsis of it, which is, which was really good. I recommend that. And then the biggest recommend is True Indie, Life and Death in Filmmaking by Don Costarelli. Yeah. Don Costarelli is the guy that made Phantasm and Bubba okay. Hotep. And he did John Dies at the End and, you know, some yeah. more. And he goes through his life and making each one of his films and sometimes in, into great depth, but he really talks a lot about the business side oh, okay. of filmmaking and just how he did marketing and self-distribution and getting international rights and going to wow. Japan, taking his films to Japan and yeah. uh, things like that. So it's a big recommend. And he, you know, he, he's known everybody. He worked for Dino De Laurentiis. He knows Quentin Tarantino and he's just a loser indie filmmaker, just like <laughs> us. Sorry yeah. if you're listening to this, Don, but we love you. Yeah. Didn't mean to call you a loser. Pretty a loser in the, uh, the most respectful term. Yeah. There. Dug yourself out of that one. So next up, there was a tweet from one of our favorite hack frauds, which I think is a great topic for us to shit on people. And it was by Jay Bauman. Jay Bauman of uh, Red Letter Media. Yeah. 
So he tweeted earlier, one thing we didn't bring up in our cocaine bear discussion is how awkward the editing is. Look at this series of shots. None of them flow together. The line, you know what, doesn't match anything we're seeing in it. It's so jarring. And then later he got a bunch of flack for this because everyone loves that movie. Oh, did he really? Yeah. And he said the number of replies to people saying things like, dude, who cares? It's just cocaine bear. So I liked it because it's called cocaine bear is a bummer. You don't need to defend cocaine bear. Cocaine bear is never going to sleep with you, bro. So I think what's fascinating is um, people being, they're like, oh, because its name is cocaine bear and it's kind of meme they're okay with it being a piece of trash movie. And how do you feel about that? Well, luckily, I wrote down how I felt in anticipation for this. I mean, comma, I always took Cocaine Bear as a schlocky film. So isn't that a bit fair for someone to say? Question mark. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to see a movie called Cocaine Bear, I'm not raising the bar very high. And there's a certain freedoms a movie like that gets. I mean, look at Sharknado 17. They knew what they were doing by then. And the audience knew what they were getting by then. So so they, so they, the do you get disgusted by them? What? By then? Oh, okay. So like, you know, <laughs> why complain now? In other words. So I mean. I think it's he's just complaining because of probably the number of replies and notifications he's getting about it. Well, yeah, just stand um, by what you said. But also, it, uh, to me, it does. It is a bit disappointing. Uh, I mean, we talk about it in even in ways with like with everything ever all at once, where everyone just hyperbolized that it's like the greatest movie ever made. And oh yeah, and it's kind of like because of not not necessarily because of the title alone, but it's because it's seen as this zeitgeisty movie that everyone knows, and it's yeah. so cool, right? Yeah. So I think that's what bothers me more. It's just. It's just, no, it's... Okay, well, I'm... Also, a- I, I don't like the, the idea that you can be... You get away with subpar technical aspects on your film. You can make a good, bad movie. Well, that's what I was going to discuss because... Dickhead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, maybe I'm a little biased because the more interesting aspect was the editing issues he called out. Um, I didn't... I don't know if a general audience member would actually catch something like that, you know, to mm-hmm. say that. Uh, but they would probably notice something weird happening, right? And what is interesting and comforting, I wrote, <laughs> is to see that in a weird way, because that's the kind of shit we're trying to get away with in Dickhead. And I think I understand why they tried getting away with it, because they probably were like, uh, well, we're fucked on this continuity section, and they just had to go with it. Yeah. So I guess maybe that's why I'm a little in defense of it, because like, come on, man, it ain't so bad. Say it's good. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Dickhead? But I think what we're trying with Dickhead is to make it as good as possible, even with our constraints. But they probably were too, you don't think? I think yes, but also, I don't know how, I haven't seen the movie. I don't know how bad the editing is, so I can't comment. That's true. But I'm thinking about like, just talking about the snippet. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Uh The editing in that was so dreadful and god awful. Yeah. And it's like, there was just, you could have done better. I think it's just the the style, maybe, of just bad editing. Mm. And they thought they were trying to play up. Uh, the wacky over the topness by maybe having that, maybe by introducing that. Yeah. I don't know. But what I do know about is whales. <laughs> do you know about whales, buddy? Uh, a little bit. Y- you didn't actually read the article. Oh, I read this. This I know about this one. Oh, you, so you did. This okay. one I read. So I guess Brandon Fraser is getting flack from Dove. Because they are upset with him wearing a fat suit to represent a, an, an obese individual. And they said that they should hire an obese actor instead. Yeah, and I think this is a topic we've discussed time and time again. Like, actor that's not X plays Y. Exactly. Which that's is, exactly what I wrote. Uh, exactly what actors are supposed to do. All right, next article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. I mean, I really... My opening sentence is this really an issue? So it's kind of, it's bullshit, right? Yeah, I just find, you know, it feels like we, this is one we have to call, constantly address, even if we can talk about it quickly, just because it's like, why is why is this always a thing every year? Yeah. 
this person isn't this, this person wasn't that. And it's like, you don't want that, you guys. Trust me. All it does is create a divide. Yeah. You know, it doesn't bring anyone together. Like having someone portray another person and kind of getting in their shoes. And then that leads you into a more, because you like that actor, leads you into a more sympathetic light. Yeah. So why don't you talk to me about the Writers Guild, buddy? Oh, shit. You hear me talking, man? I don't even know if I can. Where did I Damn, we're like <laughs> okay. steamrolling through this. I know, huh? Well, because the news was like Dove, whatever. I think the main topic should hopefully be a little juicier. Well, this is pretty a juicy. sexier. So this is, oh, this is the, uh, what is this from? The WGA? No, the uh, newspaper. Do you know? Variety. So this Variety. is the article from Variety by Gene Mattis. Is that how you, well, you wouldn't know. Uh, the WGA would allow artificial intelligence in script writing as long as writers maintain credit. So this is me summarizing it. The Writers Guild of America has proposed allowing artificial intelligence to write scripts as long as it does not affect writers' credits or residuals. Wow. So the Guild had previously indicated that it would propose regulating the use of AI in the writing process. But contrary to some expectations, the Guild is not proposing an outright ban on the use of AI technology. Instead, the Proposal would allow a writer to use ChatGPT to write a script without having to share writing credit or divide residuals. Oh, so there. What about what is has ChatGPT said anything about that? Does the article say? Uh no, it does not state that. And it also goes on to say the proposal would treat AI as a tool. The proposal does not address a scenario in which an AI program writes a script entirely on its own without help from a person. So strictly the AI writing it. The WGA proposal states simply that AI-generated material will not be considered literary material or source material. Those terms are key for assigning writing credits, which in turn have a big impact on residual compensation. Literary material is a fundamental term in the WGA's minimum basic agreement. It is what a writer produces, including stories, treatments, screenplays, dialogue, sketches, etc., if an AI program cannot produce literary material, then it can be considered a writer on a project. Source material refers to things like novels, plays, and magazine articles on which a screenplay may be based. If a screenplay is based on source material, then it is not considered an original screenplay. The writer may also get only a screenplay by credit rather than a written by credit. A written by credit entitles the writer to the full residual for the project, while a screenplay by credit gets 75%. I didn't know those. I guess titles are pretty important, huh? Yeah. Like declaring that ChatGPT cannot write source material, the guild would be saying that a writer could adapt an AI written short story and still get full written by credit. Wow. Such scenarios may seem far. F oh, wait. No, let's skip over that. So that's basically how it's being seen. That was the more. That's pretty intense. In depth thing, but. And then in closing, SAG-AFTRA has also raised concerns about the effects of AI on performers, notably around losing control of their image, voice, and likeness. So well, it's expanding. And then the WGA just conceding to it in ways I don't think people were necessarily thinking. I th no, I, would not, I was not expecting that at all. I mean, uh, yes, it's a tool, but I mean, it's doing... I mean, it's interesting because it's doing the bulk of the heavy work by essentially writing that first draft for you. And then if you have to go in and then tweak it and fix it from there. Yeah. Like, I feel like that is probably okay. And I think it's an okay tool. Yeah. It's probably a handicap in the end that yeah. will help mediocre writers not be so mediocre. Well, but also just the speed of output for... Good writers. Right. Yeah, it will help. Yeah, you could write way more, more scripts because you already have that first draft done and then you're just going in and punching it up and changing scenes. And Yeah, and you get to probably even look at it more objectively Yeah, than you would your own work, right? Yeah, And it, but the thing that to me is interesting is it's not going to credit. I guess you don't credit your typewriter or your keyboard, right? Like, well, you yeah, if it's a tool, you're not going to give, like they gave an example of crediting a pencil or a our final draft. I think that's maybe what the WGA said. Yeah, that's but it's that's interesting. It's a very gray area. 
Well, I mean, look at Final Draft. I, I love using it's, it and I love using it because of the automation. Yeah. So now you're talking about AI to just write it. It's great for writers. Mm-hmm. It's great for the WGA because they're going to keep their credit and their ter- their title, even if there's asterisk next to it. Right. Which, I mean, I feel like there should be. There's something to writing where you write it. But I mean, it also kind of redefines then what a film is in the end. You know, is it an art form or is it just something, a product? And that's definitely where we're seeing things going, where it's like, yeah, no, this is clearly a product to just consume. Yes, but while that's fair, I do believe, I don't know. I wonder if you can just inject whatever that writer's soul is into a script written by ChatGPT still. Yeah, sure. I think about that in the aspect where, because... Interestingly, the screenplay, like for novels, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the idea. Yeah. I think that like for like a novelist or prose for screenplays though, because screenplays are essentially blueprints. Uh, as long as you, right. Cause so much from the screenplay changes in the film by the actors. No. Cause look at Bombeck. I mean, he well, literally made you go beat by beat with what the script says. So I think it just depends on the filmmaker. True, but uh, it's still right that the actors have their interpretation of the screenplay oh, of and that presents the performance. Yeah. So I with screenplays, I think it's a little less important or impactful because the film's still going to go through a bunch of processes to that that the human will input. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's the the crediting thing is kind of weird because. Man, to me, it's all about the words, right? It's all about the characters and. Yeah, like the scream. The, the, like, granted, the action doesn't matter. The action's just for to keep people entertained who actually are reading it. Yeah, it's the dialogue that mm-hmm. is what matters. True, you know? and where that dialogue comes in, and that's where it really takes. I mean, that's where you're gonna save your savor, the artist or the writer that put yeah. those words there, right? Like yeah. Tarantino, love him or hate him. I mean, you're either gonna love that dialogue or not, but you feel Tarantino within it, right? Yes. And that's what I hope we don't lose. No, I ChatGPT will learn how to write like Tarantino. That's true. He will. Right? And it'll be like, okay, thank you. I, uh, maybe it's not even a bad thing if it makes it better. Well, better it, movies is only good for us. Well, I think it will make it better. But there's a grossness to it. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. It's a gross industry. It's full of exploitive things. Want to go on to the main topic? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of exploitive. All right. So, did you want? Did you have anything else to say about the WGA thing? No, no, that was it. I mean, I think, I think it's gross. Personally, I don't like it. But then, I mean, as a tool, making a product, yeah, yeah. I mean, pe- great writers will be able to churn out scripts like crazy, and then it's actually going to probably make it even harder for mediocre writers to get in. Like, Absolutely, or Which- people just on the outside. Like, you'll have to know someone. And get the approval from like a Steven Sorkin to be like, yeah, bring the kid in. He's all right. Better screenwriting could lead to better movies. Better movies leads to happier us. Well, that's a very optimistic way to see it. Yes. Okay. So the main topic for this episode is on sex and nudity in film. I have, a, li- I have a little quote here <laughs> I'd like to read. Movies are an authoritative medium. Authoritarian. Authoritarian. What's authoritative? That's even a word. Movies are an authoritarian medium. They vulnerabilize you and they then dominate you. Part of the magic of going to a movie is surrendering to it, letting it dominate you. The sitting in the dark, the looking up, the tranced distance from the screen, the being able to see the people on the screen without being seen by the people on screen. The people on the screen being so much bigger than you, prettier than you, more compelling than you, etc. Films' overwhelming power isn't news, but different kinds of movies use this power in different ways. Art film is essentially teleological. It tries in various ways to wake the audience up or render us more conscious. David Foster Wallace. Did he write that or did he speak that? Write that. Man, was fucking awesome, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Goddamn. So, did you read the article about this? I read the f- 
top one, the death of the sex scene that's talking about uh, that Jonah Hill movie. Yeah, through uh, by the Atlantic, right? Yeah. You read it? I read that one. Oh, I thought you said you did it. The one I didn't read was the Everyone Beautiful, No One Horny. Oh, what? There was two articles? Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. I only saw one. Yeah, from bloodknife.com. Oh, that's two links. I thought that was one. Well, I only read the one from the Atlantic. Okay. Well, we'll post a link to the second one. Which yeah, is, you can tell me about it. though. I haven't read that one. <laughs> that's the only one I didn't read. Oh, I didn't read it either. Whoops. Whoopsie. That's okay. Well, so the Atlantic had a uh, article on this, and do you since you read it, do you want to tell me about it? Because I told you about it. Yeah. So it's essentially about how sex scenes are getting less sexier and or filmed in the dark. And yeah, there's just a general Puritan view to mainstream media, purification of mainstream media. And how this is necessarily not a good thing or a bad thing, but also about how children or kids might need a positive like view of sex, right? Some raunchy stuff. Oh, right. Wait, positive. Right. So it's relatively instead, raunchy. Right. So it's not just they're getting their idea of sex from porn, which oh. I think is a little crazy. <laughs> that article would state that. But um, kids live in a different age than you and I did, man. Yeah, but f- movie sex is still very different from real life sex. I guess it's a more romantic. Yeah, but porn sex is completely different from the oh, real yes, right? True. So I mean, I don't know necessarily either or where you should be getting your sex moves from. <laughs> I oh, I sure don't. <laughs> I don't know. You try to fuck someone like Tom Cruise and Top Gun. I don't know. He'll have some good luck. I wouldn't mind fucking like Tom Cruise. I'm sure that's nice. So yeah, what do you think about that? Um, do you think there? It, one, do you agree in the general overall thesis is that there is like a purification or purita- puritanical view? And I'm mostly I'm talking about mainstream film because yeah. Indie film is just as dirty and just as full of sex no, and nudity. No, I think it's an American thing. Yeah? Yeah, because if you look at European films, they have a lot more sex than violence. And then we have a lot more violence than sex. Yeah. And we're... Never mind. Well, where do all the mass shootings happen, huh? True. Hmm? Where's all the max, max, uh, mass sex happening? <laughs> Where's all of the sex trafficking happening? <laughs> Hmm? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> he figured it out. Gotta hang him. Hang him like Epstein. Hang him. Epstein was right. But in all seriousness, yeah, I think America does because I don't think indie films are as bad as like some of the European films where it's just like, oh, that's, oh, okay. You know, and it's just because it's normalized. Just like when you watch any film here, John Wick 3 he, or 4 just came out. Yeah. Three hours long. He probably kills like uh, 130 people. Yeah. And, and then like, we're hey. like, yeah, Joe, which the best? <laughs> yeah. He's like, hell yeah, get him. Yeah. So it's just <laughs> yeah. it's just different. And I think that permeates throughout our entire culture. John Wick no fuck nobody. He don't fuck nobody. Well, he fuck a lot of people. He fucked a lot of people up. Yep. But he don't fuck nobody. So I had a couple of questions with you about this and on the topic in, in regards to us and just our takes. Yeah. So we haven't had any sex scenes in any of our produced films yet. Mm -hmm. But you have shot a sex scene on another project. What was that like? What was that experience like? Well, luckily, I wrote this down. Oh, thank you. A written statement. Like (laughs) David Foster Wallace, if you will. Oh, bring it on, Foster. (laughs) Uncomfortable and weird and maybe a little naughty considering how the film turned out. So that's kind of how I felt shooting that. I think if you want actors to deliver then you have to deliver on the other end um so yeah i mean it it really just made me it was like oh man i don't think this is going to turn out the way that person naked with pasties on dry humping a pillow thinks and it was it was a bit uncomfortable and in fact i also uh shot another short with an actress that was fully nude and that was her serial killer character, a nude woman, essentially. Uh, and she wrote this or you did? No, no, no. Well, maybe she did. I've worked with nude models before at my work, so I know a type of protocol, which is 
avert the eye. No, gosh, shut up, Steven. Let's get out of here. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, what was the original question? What was the experience oh. like uh, filming a sex scene? Yeah, so it's kind of, it's weird. I mean, it really is because you know the person doesn't necessarily want to be doing it or they certainly don't want you oogling them. So you just kind of aim and then look away, avert the gaze. And it just kind of feels uncomfortable. And I think you really need to make it, um, you really need to focus on making the environment feel comfortable for someone to get nude. I mean, let me ask you. So on our film, we had people get in their underwear. Yeah. And I don't know, you could kind of feel a little tension in the room, right? No. Not like in a negative way, but it just felt like, it was like, okay, this person's getting their underwear. Hey, like. I will say one, the first time we did it, yes. But I think the second time and the third time we filmed it, it wasn't so bad. I think it was more just me accepting that everyone has agreed to this. Yeah. We're going to be as tasteful and respectful as possible. Yeah. And as true and honest to the story as possible. Yeah. And nothing more, nothing less. And, you know, if uh, anyone, if any actress or actor was ever like, hey, you know what? I don't think I can. Maybe we, I would be like, well, then you're forced to come back for a reshoot so we can correct well, it. No, around. also we did correct it with one yeah. of our actors. Yeah. They didn't feel comfortable. So I was like, yeah, fine. So I, I think that is important, that concession. Now, granted, I think depending on the project you get on, if that's what it's required, then I guess there's a certain expectation. Like if you're doing a very, uh, what is that, Dorian, or what's that Twilight one that came out? Twilight one. It has like all that bondage. It was a book and then they made it Oh, Fifty movies. Shades of Grey. Yeah, if you're doing Fifty Shades of Grey, it's like, okay, well, you might get naked. Well, to me, I think as long as you're upfront about it in the beginning, it's like, well, one, you're, you're working with people that know what they're getting into. Yeah. And, that's and you really have to important. be upfront and communicate as much as possible. Uh, I think that's where it could be if you're shy, but it's so much better in the long run, right? Like you're like, well, I don't know. But... Will well, you also, show your boobies? And then it's like, well, then now you sound like a freaking creep. Well, you also got to pick up on people's comfort too right like are they going to be okay with this and then just play it really cautiously right like because maybe they're too shy to be like no i don't want to do this but they're too far in it's like hey you don't have to so how about this This that's my second question to you do you shy away from nudity then in your own projects be it female or male oh Okay, you changed up this question a little bit. Oh, it's a two-parter. I was just going to ask it in two parts. So do I shy away from it? Yeah, I think I do. I mean, unless it's integral to the script, I'm not going to put it in there. Can nudity be integral to a script? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, if you're doing Fifty Shades of Grey, I would want that movie to be as sexually charged as possible. And you know, we would show tons of nudity and it'd be really sensual and you'd really play into that. Like mm-hmm. you embrace the sexuality but i'm not writing those kind of stories so for me to like just insert a scene seems a bit much you know i think that's where i come into the issues like where just for myself where i wouldn't put it in like for those old horror movies where it's like okay we gotta have tits and ass and we gotta have a lot of blood it might not make sense roger corman yeah bud's butts boobs and blood yeah like if i'm making a movie like that now sure i'll put it in but with what i'm doing for myself and what i'm trying to create no it just doesn't make sense for the story so i don't just force it so then a question about that um do you feel a difference between male and female nudity in film oh of course the female body's photographed way more i mean it's i mean i think it's way more pretty right yeah and I think a lot of artists throughout history have always fawned over the female figure over the male. So I like to see the artistry of the female body. Yeah. Yeah. So would you ever shoot a full frontal male nude scene in a film? If it Oh, was? the next film I, I would like to do if it, I get the opportunity. I want four, five minutes on full male dick. Okay. Taking a shower. Yeah, dude, just taking a shower, his dong hanging out. And then at some point, you just hang on it for like 10 minutes. Nice. Yeah. Hey, man. Mad respect. So then... Well, what about you? Because I've read your scripts. 
It's like, what about me? And then she, and then her boob popped out. She's like running down. She's opening the fridge and, she, and her boob popped out. And she's like, oh my. And she puts it away. And then the guy comes in, you know? Yeah. So, to me personally, I, I'm a big fan of nudity in film. <laughs> I know that sounds a little perverse, but I don't mean it to be that way. Um, no. I like that pulpy production value mm-hmm. in the sense that it brings. Yeah. Because, and, it's exciting. Nudity oh, is yeah. exciting, um, especially for like an Amer- like our American culture, right? It's oh, exciting. Yeah. It's taboo. It's fun to play with that, and also, um, it just it amps up the level of your film because it change mm-hmm. it does change things. Oh yeah, it adds a a lot. I mean, it does right for us. It's like oh okay, yeah. Regardless of you know, yeah, whatever that it is it is kind of crazy, but yeah, you know. Um, I guess I could write some. Maybe I should write some more male nudity to uh, add it up. Did uh, Hellraiser have a lot of female nudity? No, but it's a very sexual book, like the actual book, right? I think so. Yeah, they just had to cut it all out. There's a little bit of nudity, I think. But I think there's a boob. Yeah, I think there's a, yeah a boob. But what do you think about is nudity always exploitative? Uh, no. Like I said, it just depends on the film and what you're trying to capture. If that's the film you're trying to make, like a slasher film where the boobs fall out all the time, like X or something. Yeah. Makes complete sense. Or even Michael Myers, right? He's like, what about these? Yeah. She shows her boobs. I mean, that's the film you're making. So also, isn't it like, it's a little bit like life to that 110% like Kubrick always says. That's not my life. Yeah, but you know, you She's take- She's always like, get out of here, you fiend. <laughs> <laughs> you fiend. <laughs> but, uh, right, it's a little bit like, that's there. we're naked in real life, right? We're all naked all the time. It just so happens yeah. clothes are, are obscuring the we're vision. We're just too shy to show our nakedness. Yeah, and what do you think are some of the best practices then when it comes to film, filming scenes like this? We talked about open communication yeah, already. And yeah, that's what I was talking about. Like clearing the set. What like the? I think that's kind of mandatory. Non-essential. Only. Yeah. Essentially, the cameraman, the director, and the actors. Well, I was going to say I have a lot of experience with this actually because of my job. Like where I work, it's an art department, so mm-hmm. there's nude figure models there, and so I have to deal with this on my professional life, and I think it's really about creating that intimate environment so someone feels comfortable and that's insanely important so i would probably have a reduced crew and then depending on the sex you know female in the room at you know uh, filling in for one of the positions just to make the person more comfortable and make it as minimal as possible and then like i said you know averting the gaze just like okay i'm focused right here that's happening over there whatever and yeah, just making, just really trying to uh, read the body language of the person getting naked to just see like, yeah, maybe they're saying they're okay, but their body language isn't hinting that they are. So like, hey, are you sure? You know, cause we don't have to, but I mean, we should, it would make it a lot better, but if you don't want to, you don't got it. And, and I think that's really important for it i mean you got to take it seriously because i mean i don't want anyone to see me naked would you want someone to see you naked on camera would you get naked on camera yeah really yeah yeah you show your everything (laughs) whenever you're really drunk yeah i'm not too i'm not too shy about it and i also think that's important too is if you have an actor that's not shy about it yeah see i would never get and then it's like because you might not have the same interpretation or perspective well, you just might be a lot more insecure yeah. about it. And I well, maybe that's a bad way to phrase it. But for me, certainly it's insecurity. Yeah. So outside of our own productions, how do you personally feel about this new take on less sex scenes in film? Good. Oh, it's terrible. Terrible? Okay. Yeah, I hate it. It's so, like, dude, people, like you said, it's real life. People are naked. People fuck. Okay? Yeah. If people fuck, fuck raunchy, if people fuck boring, yeah. everyone wants to fuck. Everybody's trying to get fucked. Yeah, and that's I also, what makes the world go around. Exactly. Yeah, and I also think I said like you have to. One thing about film is you are trying to capture that hundred and ten percent of reality. You're trying to. It's like you're. You know, that's the balance, right? It's like so that it can blow up on the big screen. 
Yeah, and it is exciting. I mean, Babylon, right? When uh, they have a shot where Margot Robbie on camera flashes her breast, right? Yeah. And it's just like, ooh, right? <laughs> For the camera, they were supposed to go like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And we, in the theater, we were like, oh. Yeah, everyone's like, oh my gosh, yes. Okay, cool. Um, but what about, so we talked about how you like watching movies with your mom. <laughs> so what is it that like watching a sex scene with your mom? Oh, it's uncomfortable, dude. It is <laughs> awkward. We all go silent in the room. You know, don't move too much. Don't act like you exist. And then you wait a couple minutes and it's like, ha, look at that other scene. So we're pretty conservative like that. What about you? Um, Normally we just make fun of the movies when we watch yeah. them. And so it's never been too awkward. My mom is a, a very raunchy woman. So it was part of growing up. I remember distinctly a time where we were at uh, Whiskey Pete's and you know how uh-huh. they had cowboys on the walls? Yeah. My mom was like, I wish I had a, a, a cowboy like that. And then my grandma was like, yeah, what would you do? And then she like blew off the cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With my family, it's like the stork dropped the baby <laughs> off at the front door. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I remember that was like the same trip that my grandma drew what 69 was on a napkin while we were like at the coffee shop. Yeah. Well, that explains a lot about you. Yeah. See me, I'm like, yeah, I would have put it in my movie. You're like, yeah, you know, even if it doesn't need to be there. Tits, tits, tits. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that was my experience. Yeah, that's interesting. How did that make you feel, though? I mean, it it doesn't really bother me. Yeah. I've never been like, I don't, I think part of the problem is, is it's made way too much of a big deal of. Oh, of course. The taboo doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, especially like I have kids that are just like running around naked all the time. And it's like, yeah, well, that's kids. We're just fucking naked. Like, yeah. <laughs> Who cares, right? They don't give a shit. Like if when like if they see your butt, like they might laugh or whatever. But it's like that's funny. It's hairy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, you kind of have to take it from that more innocent perspective. Like we're all just you know fleshy beings. So what about sex? Sex is interesting because most Um, of the time in film, sex scenes like aren't very sexy. Sometimes, most of the time. What do you mean? Like they're. It's like the awkward it's like weird low slow passionate music that's right? not how you do it and i had the time of my life and i owe it all to you wait so that's not how you, you don't put on the music and the light little candles <laughs> no in, in your robe you're like hey baby you like my mood yeah and she's like oh stevie <laughs> never oh oh stevie why, would well, you, why are I they mean, saying oh Tom. <laughs> <laughs> who am i fucking here <laughs> um but yeah, never bothered me. Doesn't care. Don't really care. So, CGI nudity. <laughs> Good, bad, who cares? Disgusting, man. Real or go home. Come on, man. It, what but the hell? What do you think about just actresses wanting to maintain their modesty in, in that way, though? But you're showing your projection of you. True. So but what if you got like funky, uh, funky nipples or a tiny dick oh. or something? Oh yeah, you don't want when she, you don't want a CGI dick that yeah. you know hits your knees. <laughs> I'd be like, hey PTA, can we make that a little bigger? I, you know, I saw that movie Boogie Dies. That was pretty big. Uh, can we give me a couple more? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, in that case, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. In that case, but how do you feel about it then? I don't really care as long as it doesn't look bad, <laughs> right? If it looks ugly, I only want high def on my <laughs> breasts. Right, I think if it can be blended to uh, look almost like natural and indistinguishable from reality, or or well, yeah, because believable. Because we, we were talking about that Chat GPT. Well, guess what else AI can do? Yeah, <laughs> deep fake. No, but yeah, um, yeah, that's how I feel about. It. Like I, I have like I don't have anything in CGI. So you don't want the Scorpion King of tits. Yeah. Or no ass. Tomb Raider of no. Okay. Because to me, and I don't have like I said, I'll hold to this forever. I do not have anything against CGI. My problem is it doesn't look good. No, because when it looks good, I don't notice and I don't care. I don't know if I had it in a scene. Okay. 
let's say you get to choose, you know, your actor. They're going to do CGI nudity. One's going to do CGI nudity. One's going to do real nudity. Which one are you taking? I don't, the, the better actor doesn't matter. It just. No, they're the same. They're the same across. That's the difference. Everything the is the same except their performances, the cost. Yeah, that's of, that's where you're debating. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with the uh, real. Be, because, Me too. Because, and I have a, uh, my reason is, they're probably more comfortable with the idea of the scene because they're willing to show themselves and maybe they have a little bit of that ex- exhibitionism exhibition inside of them yeah whereas the person trying to uh like keep their modesty yeah is probably making an exception to to uh be on the film no that's interesting because my reasoning is completely different it's like i want to get as real as possible and if it requires a nudity i want it to be real right perfect I have notes from 2017 about us talking about almost this exact same thing. Will this forever be a topic, or is it a line that moves throughout the ages? I couldn't find the episode, so it may have been one that we had deleted. Well, that's what I was wondering, like, if it ever even got recorded or anything. I don't remember necessarily doing something like this. Maybe it was a tangent? Maybe I wrote, I know I wrote the show notes, so I don't know, but I don't, I couldn't find it. I don't know the show notes, but I've listened to them. Yeah. Ad nauseum. But yeah, it's always an interesting topic. I mean, sex is titillating. It's exciting. People love talking about it. It's literally, like I said, what makes the world go round. Like, Even if you want to hide from it, you're going to still put tons of emphasis, right? Like even the conservative people want to just like shield your eyes from it and they like put up these huge barriers. But And then the people who are liberal with it, they always want to talk about it and explore it and get to know it. So I mean... Yeah, I mean, you can always talk about sex. We could probably talk... And in fact, in every single episode, we don't make some sort of sexual comment <laughs> or innuendo of some some sort, you know? Yeah. Regardless of what it is. So, I mean... Very true. I think it it is an enticing subject. Like you said, there's an excitement to it. Yeah. And so with that, I think we're going to get into... We're, we don't have a script. This week's been a little crazy. I didn't get a chance to sit down and write... But we're gonna play a little game. All right. Did you want to get another drink, or are you? Well, that's the that was the rest of the proper twelve. So unless you've got something, you want me to look? It's up to you. It's up I, to you, man. You're the one who. I'm good. You're good. Yeah. Then let's keep going. Do you need water though? No. Okay. I'm good. So we're gonna play this game. It's called Movie Quotes Drinking Game. Well, we've played it before. Yes. Maybe we should get. Drum roll. Maybe we should get a drink. All right, so we're going to play. I think it's fun. It's a fun little thing for our guests. Okay, so let me read the. We're playing the movie quotes drinking game. All right. And last time we went to what, three? Let's go to six. All right, six. First to six. Do you even remember how to play this? I'm going to read the rules right now. <laughs> Everyone must have a drink ready. Check. Check. After each quote is recited, pass the deck. Okay, we both have two decks. Check. The dealer rolls the dice before drawing a card. Check. We got to draw cards? Where's the draw card pile? It, this. Oh, yeah, the deck in our hands. Yes, sir. The raunchy podcast today. The dealer recites the quote corresponding to the dice number or the dealer's choice. Players must wait for the dealer to finish reciting the quote before calling out the movie. So since it's one-on-one, you'll read the quote. I'll call out the movie, Don't vice versa. Like, just kill. Whoever guesses the movie correctly doesn't drink. Conversely, whoever guesses incorrectly or not at all drinks. So, quick question. Can we pick any card or do we... How many cards in our hand or something? No. You just... We do one at a time. So, what? but what if it's an easy one? We got it. It's first to six, buddy. You think we're going to get to six very quickly? Yes, you will. You're <laughs> probably going to get all six right. I don't think so. Whoever guesses the movie correctly doesn't drink. Okay. Yeah. The dealer drinks if everyone guesses the movie. So <laughs> it, whoever gets the answer right, the other person drinks. Oh, shit. The dealer is responsible to determine who guessed incorrectly or not guess at all. 
Whoever guesses the most quotes correctly wins. So, well, I know who I'm putting my money on. So, buddy, I'm going to roll for you. Okay. Dealer's choice. So, you're going to. I'm the dealer. Aren't you the dealer? I'm the dealer for the first time. So, you, you can get to pick one, two, or three. Oh, I can pick from a selection one, two, and three? No, no, no. You tell me one, two, or three. I rolled for you. Three. I'm going to oh, read fuck, the quote. I'd have to say, Asphincter says what? I have no idea, man. And you want me to say it again? I have an, I have an idea. Yeah. Asphincter says what? Yeah. I don't know. But I'd have to say, Asphincter says what? I have no idea. Drink. What is it? Wayne's World. Fuck. You see Wayne's World? Like okay. Once. I'm going to roll for myself. A one. So you have to read the one one for me. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> the Godfather. Drink. Yep. This is how I... So I'm going to drink 12 times. Yep. Yep. Uh, how are we keeping score? Do you have a pen? I'll just put it like face up. You got it. Face down. You didn't. Okay. So then... Um, do you keep going until you lose or is it like yeah. back and forth? Yeah, back and forth. Okay, so now it's my turn. Yeah. Dealer's choice. Wait. Okay. So I'm going to pick two. <laughs> if I'm a bird, you're a bird. What? <laughs> you fucker. Okay, okay. I'm picking another one. Dealer's choice. I'm picking another one. I wrote you 365 letters. I wrote you every day for a year. It oh, wasn't over. It still isn't over. It's a notebook. All right. No, that doesn't count. I'm taking the drink. That counts. I'm drinking. You get it. I'll drink with you at least. Okay, so so do you got to pick a number now? I get to roll. Dealer's choice. You pick for, You pick the one well, for I me. I know what I'm picking. <laughs> now go home and get your fucking shine box. I even gave you a hint there. Go home and get your fucking shine box. You would get number one. I don't think you'd get number two. No. Uh, go home and get your fucking shine. I want to give you a clue. You hate this actor. And I. <laughs> if you can't guess what type of film he's in. I don't know. No? Nope. That was uh, Ray Liotta. Because he's Billy Bats, right? Yep. Yeah, Ray Liotta in Goodfellas. Uh, I was going to guess Goodfellas, but... Well, see, number two was Maury's wig don't come off. And that's Maury. I never would have got it. Yeah. and But number one, I'm funny. How funny? Like I'm a clown, I amuse you. <laughs> you know that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would have got that yeah. one. All right. Number three, buddy. Jerry, did you know the human head weighs eight pounds? That's a movie? Yes. Oh, my God. I don't know that. Jerry... Did you know the human head weighs eight pounds? Oh, what is it? Jerry Maguire. Oh. Drink. Oh. Number two for me, please. Number two. Number two, good, sir. We're both at one one right now. <laughs> I'll never let go, Jack. I'll never let go. Titanic. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> Number three, Stephen. Number three. For you? Yep. No, for me. For you. For you me. ready? Yeah. That Veronica Vaughn is one piece of ace. I know from experience. I have no idea. What? Is it something I would get? Yes, 100%. It's actually the hardest one on the card. <laughs> I have no idea. I'll, I'm going to take a drink to give you okay. number one. Okay. Today, Junior. <laughs> I still don't know. Man, I gave myself a drink for that. Billy Madison. I'll give myself the drink. I've never seen Billy Madison. Wait. Yes, I have. Oh, Jesus. You know that line from Billy Madison? Yeah. Shit, I suck. Dealer's choice. You get to pick. Oh, I'm definitely giving you number one. You got knocked the fuck out. What? <laughs> That's number one. What? You got, you got knocked-, knocked the fuck out. <laughs> You would know it. Come on, man. Rush hour? <laughs> but you know who I am? I don't know. 
That's Chris Tucker as Smokey, man. Friday. Oh, you got back oh, the fuck out. Remember? God. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this game's hard. Damn. Though. That was a number one too. Oh, did they get harder? No. Number two, Stephen. Spartans, ready your breakfast and eat hearty for tonight. We dine in hell. What is that exactly called? Three hundred? Yes. Strictly? You got it right. Oh shit! That means I drink. What's the sequel called then? Three hundred. <laughs> Two. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, you got it. Oh, this is you got all the easy ones. Number three. Well, no, maybe not. Well, I have a microphone and you don't, so you'll have to listen to every damn word I have to say. <laughs> no, got nothing. Yeah, the wedding secret. Nope. <laughs> I'm not an Adam so, Sandler yeah, you're fan. You're not getting that one. But you knew Billy Madison. Number three. Oh, you might get this one. We are the music makers and the dreamers of dreams. The music makers and dreamers of dreams? Yes. I have no idea. Want me to do number two? And you have to, if you get it wrong, you take three uh, drinks. Okay. Come with me and you'll Let's be in a world. Imagination. Oh, Willy Wonka. Okay. No, wait, is it Willy Wonka or is it Charlie Factory on there? Willy Wonka. Because Charlie Factory is technically the original? Yeah, that's the original title of the book. Willy Wonka is the title of the movie. But they had to change it because of the Willy Wonka candy. Yep. Number three. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> <laughs> What? That was my best impersonation. <laughs> we got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets. I have no idea. Oh, you're going to feel dumb for this what? one. Dumb and dumber. Oh. Re- remember Lloyd when no. they're trying to go out to Aspen? That was Jeff Daniels. That was my best Jeff Daniels impersonation. I, got no, I have no memory of that movie. Really? Number three. Wow. Number three again, huh? Shit. Oh. I see this movie enough. I don't even know how to get this one though. I was in Vir- I was in the Virgin Islands once. I met a girl. We ate lobster, drank pina coladas. At sunset, we made love like sea otters. That was a pretty good day. Why couldn't I get that day over and over and over? Thirty first dates or whatever. No. no. What was that? Your final answer? Yeah. Groundhog Day. Oh, <laughs> that's your favorite. Would you have gotten that? Yeah. You if I if. I had that card. You would have gotten it. Yeah, yeah. Dealer's Damn. choice. Well, number three for you, man. I want to win. You won't get this. <laughs> you wouldn't get any of these. In fact, I'll give you number one, and I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go through them all. Okay. Till you get to number three and fail. Fuck you, Thunder. You can suck my dick. You can't get me, Thunder, because you're just god farts. <laughs> that was terrible action. I'm sorry. God, don't, don't listen to my uh, delivery there. Yeah. I got nothing. Mm-hmm. Number two. Oh, fuck that. It's been four years, Johnny. You and me have been together for 27 years. Where's my ring, huh? Where's my ring, asshole? The room? All right, Brandy, Heather, Chaining, Brianna, Amber, Serena, Melody, Dakota, Sierra, Bambi, Crystal, Sammy, fucking Becky. No idea. Ted. Ted? Yeah. That movie Ted by uh what's oh. his name? Seth MacFarlane. Seth, Seth MacFarlane. Dealer's choice. Do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> uh Austin Powers, yeah, right? Yeah. So what do they do for sequels? Huh? Like uh I guess you would have to remember like Gold Member. Yeah, they probably pick different Dealer's Choice. I'll give you two. <laughs> well, let's see. You only meet your once in a lifetime friends. Once in a lifetime. <laughs> Got nothing. It's a little rascals. Oh fuck. <laughs> Stymie. You're at four. You're at two, dude. I'm actually winning. Number one. Oh yeah. I guess it comes down to a simple choice, really. Get busy living or get busy dying. Oh my god. Uh oh my god. No, I know this. Oh no, I keep thinking of Zombieland because of the nut up or shut up. 
Goddamn COVID brain fog. <laughs> get busy living or get, get busy dying. What can you give it to me again? I guess it comes down to the simple choice, really. Get busy living or get busy dying. I have no idea. Sawshank Redemption. Oh, one of my favorites of Drink. all time. That's two drinks. That's shameful. Dealer's choice. I think you can look at it and pick one for me. You don't have to pick a beforehand. What, you think you're that far ahead of me? I'm that far behind. <laughs> okay. This makes it a little more challenging because the other one's... No, I'll give you number two. We'll say number two. What is this, a center for ants? Oh, it's... Uh... Zoolander. Take a drink. All right. Finally. Wait, would you have gotten number three? I don't know. Uh, Moisture is the essence of wetness, and wetness is the essence of beauty. Maybe. Probably not. Dealer's choice. It's like, do I want him to win or do I want him to lose? That's when it's fun to have multiple people, right? Let's see. This one's going to be hard. These are hard quotes. I'm going to give you the best one. <laughs> oh, shit. Can I refill your eggnog? Get you something to eat? Drive you in the middle of nowhere and leave you for dead? Let me take my drink now. <laughs> Christmas vacation. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I've ever Number two. seen... I don't know if I've ever seen the original. I think I've seen every other one. Oh, that one's my favorite. That's where they go to the theme park, right? The original is. I've seen that two or three times. John Candy. Damn. Number two. Chicka, chicka, chicka. Yeah, fake ID, fake ID. Chicka, chicka, chicka. Yeah, fake ID, fake ID. I got nothing. Chicka, 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 chicka. Yeah, fake ID. Nothing. Dude, that's McLovin, bro. Super bad. No, don't remember any of it. Damn. Number three. Show me all the blueprints. 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 Wow, buddy. Yeah, that made it so easy. <laughs> I have no idea. Aviator. <laughs> all with uh, Leo, huh? Yeah. Dealer's choice. Hey, you know his uh, ace uh, engineer went up to Landers, right? And blew himself up. Really? Yeah, the FBI surrounded him. You can go to the rock. <laughs> and it's all scorched out where he blew himself up. Wow. Yeah. Dealer's choice. That's pretty wild. <laughs> like, yeah, shut up, Steve. <laughs> That's All crazy. Right. Okay, you'll get number one and twos. They're too easy for you. Okay. So you're going to get number three. <laughs> Death smiles at us all. All we can do is smile back. Okay, there will now. be blood? No. I'm going to... Come on. Okay. Death's... Wait. Oi! I'm Australian! <laughs> Might... Death smiles at his soul, and we can all do is smile back. Dark Knight? Gladiator, motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope. Because <laughs> number two is father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. And then are you not entertained? Oh, uh, yeah. I knew that one. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know the second one? Nope. Dealer, really? Dealer's Damn. choice. Oh, this one's going to be impossible. Oh, shit. It's the claw. Nothing can stop the claw. Well, that's another drink. What is it? What I have? Do I even know the movie? Liar, liar. Ugh, I've never seen it. Okay. Dealer's choice. God damn, we get all. That's all we get. Oh, roses are red, violets are. This is number one. Roses are red, violets are blue. I'm a schizophrenic, and so am I. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> I'm Sam. <laughs> <laughs> is that your final answer? Yeah. Bob. What about Bob? Nope. That's with Bill Murray, right? I don't know. No, I've never even heard of that one. Number three. See, the sad thing about a guy like you is in 50 years, you're going to start doing some thinking of your own. And you're going to come down. You're going to come up with the fact that there are only two certainties in life. One, don't do that. And two, you dropped 150 grand on a fucking education you could have got for $1.50 oh. in late charges at the public library. Good will hunting. Yes. You're at five. You know, I wouldn't have gotten if he didn't keep ranting on in that quote. 
You like apples? I like apples. Dealer's choice. How do you like them apples? Dealer's choice. Everybody's got apples. Dealer's okay, choice. That's too, that's too easy. Okay. One or two you'll get. Especially two. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. Number three. Wait. Okay. Wait. You don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand. No. Wait. You don't understand. If you don't play, there's no music. If there's no music, they don't dance. If they don't dance, they don't kiss and fall in love. And I'm history. Back to the future. Yeah. I'm history. Yeah. All right. All right. You're at four. That's a drink for me. Dealer's choice. Okay. Me? I know who I am. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Oh, that's uh, Tropic Thunder. Oh, you win. He wins. I won. He wins. I actually won. All right. So you were at four. Damn, dude. I killed you. All right, everybody. Let me see if you would have got number five real quick. Oh, okay. I'll, you want me to go number three? I'll go number three to two to one on this one. Okay. That is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass, Larry. <laughs> Big Lebowski. Damn. Yep. All right. Well, that was Twin Shadows Podcast episode 104. And with that, I fucked a stranger in the ass. Larry. Cut.